Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Ready and rolling for Growing in Grace. Mike Kapler with Joel Brzezinski. Thank you for joining us once again. And uh, I'm excited about getting into this a little bit more this week, Joel, after what we discussed last week. How are you doing? Hey, doing well. And it was good. I love talking about this stuff because the way that we go about trying to live our lives in Christ, it makes all the difference in the world, <laughs> the way that we go about it. It's been my my own way in the past, and still sometimes I get stuck and, and caught up in this, but the, the old way, really, for me, was that I was trying to be more like Jesus. I was trying to do the things that God told me I was supposed to do. It was my own effort trying to do these things for God, because, well, God has these demands, or God has these things that he asks of me, or however it's worded in different uh, circles, I was trying to do it. And I was kind of doing these things independently of God. I was doing them for him, but yet my own independent flesh trying to do this thing. And uh, I found that there's a, a different way of a completely, a brand new way of life that we have in Jesus Christ, and that's God is at work in you to will and to do according to his good pleasure. And so it's not me working for him, but it's him working through me. And that's a big deal, because like what we were talking about on last week's program, you know, we started out with how you're identified in Christ. If you didn't catch it, go back and check out the beginning of that program, because they're just a, a real nice short list there of not what you're trying to become, through your effort of dedication and well-meaning effort, um, but it, it's who you've become in Christ. And that, that phrase, in Christ, is so crucial for us here in the New Covenant. So we covered that, but then we also got into some other things later in the program about how we're not identified. Of course, recently we've talked about you're, you're not a sinner saved by grace. And, and then we talked about being a follower or a disciple last week on, on the podcast. And here, here's one of those in-your-face summaries Picking up on on something here, Joel, in, in Luke 14, because when you think back to some of our podcasts on the Sermon on the Mount, remember where Jesus said, I mean, he, he summed up the beginning of his sermon at one point and said, everything I just told you can be wrapped up with this. You shall be perfect <laughs> as your father is perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, here, referring to the discipleship stuff, he said, none of you, none of you can be my disciple who does not give up all his possessions. <laughs> hmm. It kind of wow. reminds me of some things he hmm. said on the Sermon on the Mount. And so this was another one of those in-your-face summaries. Look, there's there's a lot of people out there who have disciples. We mentioned it last week, John the Baptist, the Pharisees, the Apostle Paul, and other disciples, people that we know as disciples, had their own disciples. Because to be a disciple simply means to be a pupil or a student. That's pretty much it. I know sometimes we read extra meaning into some of these words. If you were to go uh, into a room of, of church people right now, let's say there's 100 people in there, and ask people to define what a disciple is, I think it would be interesting to see what people think sure. a disciple is. Mm-hmm. It's a pupil. It's a student, Joel. And Jesus was saying, in order for you to really become like me, as you as other disciples strive to become like their teacher, good luck with that, because <laughs> here's what's going to be required to become like me, if you're going to do it through the effort of doing. Yeah. 
to sort of sum up what you were saying there, if, if we want to be a follower of Jesus or a disciple of Jesus, it's all based on our own efforts. It's all based on what we can try to do versus this whole idea that we've received a brand new life in Christ and what this life is, as Galatians 2.20 says, I died. I was crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. So you see, there's no longer this me that was alive, that was trying to do all the things. That's the life that Paul had as a Pharisee before he came to Christ. It was a life of trying to keep God's law, trying to keep the commandments, trying to perform for God, to be a disciple. Paul would have probably considered himself a disciple of God, of the law, you know, a follower of the law. And that life, he said, I no longer live. That life is no longer alive, but rather I've been made new. I have this new life. It's a new life that's Christ in me. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And so things have changed with the new covenant. With the death of Jesus Christ, we died with him. And when he was resurrected, we were resurrected with him, and we have new life in him. The problem is, you know, we go back to the Garden of Eden, and there were two trees to choose from. There was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and God said, don't eat from that tree. And there was the tree of life. That's the light. That's the tree that God wanted the people to eat from, Adam and Eve. Eat from that tree. That's where life is. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, there is no life there. And so in Christ, the problem is we've chosen the tree of life. Yay! I'm a follower of Jesus, we say. And yet we go back to the old tree, the knowledge of good and evil, to try to get our daily living from that tree. And we can't do that. we got to shove that tree aside. We got to get that tree out of our mind and out of our hearts and realize that the only life that we have is Christ in us, not us following Christ. And I know that might make a few people, you know, think twice about what we're saying here, but if you if you get the gist of what we're saying, it's the knowledge of good and evil on our efforts versus Christ in us. Yeah, because I think in the back of our minds anyway, we, we get the idea that Adam and Eve were looking for an opportunity to rebel <laughs> or, or do the wrong thing. They thought they maybe they could get away with something. But I think that we've misunderstood that because the, the temptation was really centered around they would become like God. And some people think that that's, that's still a, a sinful thing. But I, I think Adam and Eve, if I can put it this way, their, their motives were right. They wanted to be like God. They, they wanted to be able to make the right decisions and avoid the wrong things to do. And so they thought, well, look, if we could uh, eat from this tree and be able to have that kind of power to discern right and wrong, and then based on our own effort, be able to avoid that wrong and do what's right, we're still eating from that same tree today, a lot of us, unfortunately. It just, it just happens. And so... So man became a god unto himself, basically, and would suddenly be his own moral compass instead of who God had created them to be in the image and likeness of him. It's interesting that they were created in the image of God, yet later in Genesis, when referring to Adam's sons, it said that those sons were created in Adam's image. And so uh, that's kind of an interesting identity p- perspective in that we, we were in Adam 
but we under the new covenant now have have been translated into something new and and recreated in the image of Christ. So it wasn't so much that the original sin was Adam and Eve trying to disobey God. I, I think they were trying to do the right thing through their own effort, and um, we still have that problem today. And so, so with this thing about dedication and and that sort of thing that you were referring to, Joel. Again, looking throughout the entire Bible, in a, in a popular translation, New American Standard to be exact, there are 29 Bible references that I found in the concordance with the word dedicate or dedicated, and virtually all of them were in the Old Testament. There's two that can be, depending on the translation, that can be interpreted dedication in the New Testament, the New Covenant, and, and both of those in Hebrews 9 and 10 are referring to Jesus being dedicated to us. He opened a new and living way in which he dedicated through his blood the veil of his flesh. And he has dedicated the new covenant with his blood. So it's all about God's dedication to mankind, not the other way around. Yeah, that is so, so important. <laughs> That's so good. You know, so important for people to know and to understand in our lives in Christ. In all my life, you know, I've heard, you know, be dedicated to God. And I'll tell you the truth, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with being dedicated to God or being dedicated to certain things, but not as a means of trying to get something or trying to earn something. It's like my dedication to God doesn't earn me anything with him. I'm dedicated to God, so to speak, because he was first dedicated to me. He gave me his life, and the life that I have now in him, there's a natural dedication, there's a natural love. I mean, we do this podcast, we're dedicated to doing this podcast, but not because it's going to get us anywhere with God, but because he has shown us his love and his grace, and we want to share that message. It's a desire that God has placed in us. That's what dedication and love is. It's something that God has placed in us, and we naturally, it naturally overflows in the things that we do. And so to be dedicated, we got to first remember that it, it is all about God's dedication to us, all about his love for us. And us, we're not trying to be dedicated. It just flows out of what we do. And so I think the point you're making there is that God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, is all about what he did. He gave, he loved, he was dedicated, and uh, we're the beneficiaries of his dedication. There's nothing that we can do to um, pay him back or to be dedicated enough or to love him enough that he would say, oh, yeah, I accept that as payment because he already paid the full price. God and God alone did everything that was necessary. We we just walk in that. Yeah, and it wasn't that way under the first covenant for the Jewish folks because those 29 Bible references uh, in the old covenant with dedicate or dedicated uh, generally were referring to a person's dedication to God under that covenant, mm -hmm. whereas the dedication we have in the new covenant is Christ and his blood having been dedicated to us. Yes. And and so you're right, though, Joel, you made a good point in that it's not our effort to dedicate ourselves to God. It's just now that this life that we have is no longer our own, but his life in us. We, we naturally respond to this life. We naturally respond in an affirmative way through this unconditional love. It's not an effort to try to maintain some sort of position with God or establish a position with God because he has already established us. And we just respond to that. It's just like belief. It's not really a work. 
it's just a response to something that's already been done for us and and that's really what this this new covenant is all about it's it's not about us trying to be a dedicated disciple and there's nothing wrong with being a, a person who learns a pupil a student but you know just don't misunderstand what some of those phrases mean because again there's nothing that refers to us as being a disciple after the book of Acts. It's, it's just not part of our identity. Don't confuse something that you may be doing with who you really are. Yeah, and that's, I think that's what going back to the tree of the knowledge and good and evil does. Again, we find our life in Christ, in the tree of life, and it's wonderful, and we feel fresh and, and renewed, and then we go back and we find frustration, we find bondage, we find all kinds of things because we go back to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil as a way to sustain this life in Christ. But we came to the tree of life by grace through faith, and that is how we're meant to maintain this life. It's, it's Christ in us who maintains this thing anyway. We can't do a thing. So don't go back to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but let's stay focused and rooted in uh, the tree of life. And that, of course, is Jesus Christ himself. And so if we have this life in Christ... Apart from the law, well, what do we do for moral guidance? If we're not under the law anymore, if we're not under that knowledge of good and evil, then what do we do? How do we go about getting our, quote, moral guidance? Well, we'll talk about that next week, right here on Growing in Grace at growinggrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.